and I've, this is still new as well. I have not preached this before. I was putting together here pretty quickly, but Exodus chapter 2. Um, let me see here. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, unto Moses, and a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Jump down to verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up unto me, and, and I have also seen the oppression therewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. <coughs> Excuse me. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he says, Certainly I will be with thee. This is the one thing that won't change. God was with him prior. God's been with him all along. This part won't change. God will be with him. Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Um, all right, let's jump down here a little bit. Let me jump down. Let me jump all the way to chapter 4, verse 1. God has still been giving the call to Moses and reasoning with him with great patience. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said to him, What is in thy hand? And he said, A rod, and it goes on from there. Let's jump down to verse number 10, I believe. And Moses said unto the Lord, after the Lord began, was reasoning with him the entire time, O oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am of slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And it continues, and the Lord reasons with him again. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for your word. Lord, I ask your blessing upon the message tonight. Lord, as we go to your word, I pray that it would be a help. Use it to strengthen us, to meet needs in our life, to draw us closer to you. Please bless, Lord, and work. I pray this time would not be in vain. Lord, I pray for your mercy and your grace. Lord, please work. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here that does not truly know Christ as Savior, Lord, I pray that even this evening they would repent and place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, I pray and ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, and, of course, we know that the background of Moses, you know, spending those first uh, 40 years in Egypt and back there in the wilderness. And then the Lord appears to him in the burning bush. Moses goes to see what's happening. And God puts the call of Moses on his life. And over and over again, we see Moses resisting. The angle I want to take this tonight is this. Moses is resisting the change that's about to occur. God is calling him well outside of his comfort zone. Um, and Moses is resisting that. Anything he can really think of, he is resisting. Questioning why it should be him. They're not going to believe me, but Lord, why me? Lord, I can't, I, I can't even speak well. Um, and Moses is resisting the change that God is calling him to. The reality is life is full of changes. It is. As, as you go through life, life is full of changes, and it's important how you handle them. I brought up recently, thinking of it here, in a message not too long ago, I think it was here, of how 
at different points how changes hit in my life that really I just could not stand. I don't like change. Most people don't. There's very few people that just embrace change and can't wait for it. Uh, we get into patterns, we get into a comfort zones, and that's where we like to live was the, is within that area. But again, I, the first major change that had an had a impact on me uh, was what I brought up a few weeks ago was fifth grade moving. Fifth grade moving. Again, my parents had divorced when I was younger, you know, six years old. But now this was a move I had to change schools in fifth grade. So here I am, 10, 11 years old. We head to a new town outside of Cleveland, Amherst, Ohio. And I still remember pulling up at that school. It, I'm not kidding. I need to show you all a picture of it. It looks like a prison. It is this huge, old, nasty-looking building. We pull into this thing. I do not want to go inside. There's not one single person here I know. I still remember coming into Mr. Redmond's class. And I did like the teacher. Really, really great, great. Still one of my favorite teachers I've ever had was that teacher in that, that fifth-grade year. And uh, But going in that class and just my stomach wrenching, not wanting to be there, not knowing anybody. And then the next year, now grade six, we move again. We move again, we head up, now another. At least this time I did know somebody. I knew two kids in the school. My cousins went to this school, so that helped a little bit. It relieved some of the anxiety, but it still didn't change. I don't think they were in any of my classes together. And But, but to walk into that environment, all brand new people... Yeah, my stomach just wrenching and, and, and having to find new friends and figure out how to fit in. Um, and it was, it was a nerve-wracking, incredibly stressful time when you're 11, 12 years old. Um, and then the next major change for me would, would have been several years later, entering the Air Force. Entering the United States Air Force, heading there, new people again, things change. And the, and the military moves you. There, there was three or four times where things change. That's part of life. Life has changes. Kids came along. All of a sudden, the responsibility in life changed. How you handle change is important. And then I decided one day to move to the jungle. That was a bright move. No, the Lord had called us. But again, heading there, I can still think of how nervous... Uh, um, again, just heading into that environment, not knowing anybody, not knowing the language. Um, all, all that went with that, that move there to New Guinea. I was nervous, I was afraid, I was stressed. So through life, there certainly have been times where I've went through major changes that have occurred. And along, the, and along those lines, the Lord has taught me some things on dealing with change in life. <clears throat> change, you can, you can know this, it's going to be consistent. I'm still not to the point yet. I'll get there in just a second. How you handle the changes is important. We have many here right now, which is what led me even get into this message, that are going through different changes. Whether it's retirement. Whether it's an empty nester all of a sudden. Whether all of a sudden you find yourself uh, with a brand new baby. Your first child is now born. Now you have a child in the home. Um... You know, there's so many different things that can come about and change the paradigm of your life. All of a sudden, life is just different. Or we have several people that have just joined the church. You know, I was talking with even with one of the visitors before service, and we ha he happened to bring up on his own the difficulty is sometimes, and I brought up before here in How You Greet Visitors, remember what it's like when you walk into a new church, how your stomach feels? You don't know anybody there. <clears throat> But change can lead to fear, worry, 
stress, and, and more. Depression. It seems when God brings us out of a comfort zone, we tend to forget that he is still there. That's what the Lord kept bringing up to Moses. Moses kept on telling him, but, but God, I, I can't do this. I am with you. That's not changing. The one constant that, 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 we, that, that has to stay the same is God. And he never changes. He never changes. Do you understand? That's the constant that we need. That's the one thing that can't change. I, I don't know if this is just coming to mind right now, thinking about God and how awesome he is and he doesn't change. I'm excited they just launched this new telescope. I don't know if you've been reading about that thing. It finally got in place. It's 1.2 million miles away from Earth, and it's just supposed to be this enormous telescope. They got it in position, and soon we should be getting back some images from what this thing's going to be presenting. It, you know this thing's just going to be incredible. God loves to show off creation with what he did. That same God never changes. He is the constant. <clears throat> So, some helps this evening for handling change. Now, understand this. We all tend to resist change. Yeah. Uh, for time's sake, I'm not going to go there. I was, I was going to go there and read it, but I won't. We're going to get there soon enough. And on Sunday mornings, we're going through the book of Acts. We're almost in. Uh, we're, we're getting close to Acts chapter 10. And that is where Peter has to deal with a major, a major change. He has to go. The Lord is trying to get them to go and preach unto the Gentiles. Somebody who's not a Jew. But they don't understand that. That's completely different. That's a major change for them. Even the Lord stressed going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It wasn't being done. And so now you have this man, Cornelius, who is seeking God. And God has to go to Peter in that vision. He uses the vision of, of the unclean meats coming down and, 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 and hearing the vision rise and eat. And Peter says, not so, I'm not going to eat anything that's unclean. And God says, no, 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 what I have cleansed, don't you call unclean. And then when he wakes, of course, there's, there's people there that, that a man Cornelius is seeking for thee, and he knows it's of the Lord. But that was a change for Peter. And we can see later on, Peter still struggled with that change. Six years ago, this church got a new pastor. The only, it's the first time this church has ever had to go through a change in pastor. From the founding pastor to another one six years ago. Guess what? Things are going to be a little bit different. Change was there. I remember, where's Greg at? Greg in here? I remember the very first project we did was the gym. Actually, the walls up on the gym. And you remember that? It was shortly after I got here. And I still remember when I announced just what we wanted to do. And I, I, had, I had some key people come into my office and say, I, I don't know that we should do this. And, uh, and trying to explain, I said, I said well, I, I said, it, what, what did it for me, do you, remember, do you remember the event that really led to it when I started talking to you about it? We had a bus, that's exactly right. We had a bus kid, two brothers got in a fight with our bus ministry. One brother took the other brother and smashed his head into one of our metal posts in there and split his head open. And, uh, and so I went to Greg, who's in leads of facilities. I pray God gives him the wisdom for it. What do we need to do? And he had this idea of building the wall out and covering up, not just using foam things around it. And I said, you know, this is what you think we should do. I do. I think it is. Then let's do it. But that was a change all of a sudden. It was something different. Or the foyer. Oh, the questions that came in when I redid the foyer. <laughs> 
<laughs> redoing the foyer. It was change. Or how about even last year, though it's much better now, announcing a chapel building for camp. What? We want camp rough. Do you? Are you in a tent? Last time I checked, I don't know that you were in a tent out there. I'm just not quite sure. <laughs> but change comes. So, how do we handle when change comes as Christians? Let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Jerusalem has been destroyed. This is after the southern kingdom has fallen. Jeremiah was the prophet before and after captivity. And, and there's some... There, there's, first thing I want to bring out here. When you're dealing with change. Maybe you're going through retirement right now. Life is just completely different. You're unsure to do with yourself. Or maybe, again, there's a new child in the home. Or, or there's just some different dynamic that has changed your world for you. Lamentations chapter 3. This is one of the verses that helped me. Verses that helped uh, A couple here that helped me. <clears throat> Let's start in verse 22 and go down. Just a couple of verses here. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Do you know what's happening here to Jeremiah? Massive change. Captivity's come. You're seeing what he's clinging to. The faithfulness of God. That's my hope. That's from, in other words, my soul cannot have its hope in Jerusalem. It has to be in God. It's going to God's faithfulness. Remembering God is faithful. With God himself, there is no change. This is what you cling to during this time. His compassion, his faithfulness. They're new every morning. Without fail. That relationship with, with God, God's not going to change that. You might change that. God won't. He desires that closeness. You can think of, this, uh, of, of different people in Scripture that, that had turned to God and His faithfulness and His compassions and, and His help. You can think of it with Daniel, with what he went through. Job, I, I'll, come, I'll, I'll say more about Job in a little bit. Moses, who we looked at. David, Paul, the apostles. One thing that will not change is God. He is there. As he says in Hebrews chapter 11, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's there. He's the constant. So therefore, it's knowing that when God is the constant, He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's coming tomorrow. What's hap- the change you're in now is not a change to Him. He already knew about it. He's there. It's a matter of making God real and practical in your life and not just abstract. It's knowing that He does want to show compassion. I can relate to that. I remember... When uh, being how I struggle with change, I, I can relate to it easily in my children, especially when we were on debutation and initially moving to New Guinea. You know, I still remember when, when one of my daughters, when we were in, I was preaching in Louisiana, horrible state, Louisiana, just kidding. 
We have a lot of people from Louisiana in here. Um, I was preaching in Louisiana, and it was the Sunday school hour. And uh, my kids were in the Sunday school classrooms, and one of my daughters comes running out into the auditorium just crying. And I knew something had happened in Sunday school. My kids, they just don't do that. I'd never seen that before. Went and sat down next to Marianne and just sobbing. And I knew. Oh. And, and I remember them telling me, every time we come into a, a new end, it, you know, it, you could just see them. Oh. You know, the, the tension, that new environment. And then having to do it week after week after week for 18 months of that. She had my compassion. She did. Do you understand that that same, that same feeling that I had for my daughter when I saw the distress she was under, and in the case it happened to be a, 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 one of the bus kids in the Sunday school started making fun of her and she couldn't handle it and just ran out. And she was just sitting there. But the same distress that, 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 or the same compassion I had for my daughter when I saw that, do you know how much more God had that for me every single one of those moves? When I was in New Guinea, do you know he had that same feeling right there, wanting to strengthen me, to say it's all right? And remember, he did that, didn't he, with a bag of Doritos? That was God saying, I know right where you're at. It's all right. You go to the Lord, the one who doesn't change. Don't forget his faithfulness in your life. Something has changed. But God is always faithful. That never changes. It's knowing he is in control and that he does want to help. The next thing. Listen, this is important. Stay faithful with what you know is right. Sometimes, when it, depending on what the change is, it can open the door for the devil to begin to attack. And he's going to attack, and we're going to look at this next week, because I have, obviously I have 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 on my mind, it's where, where Paul talks about Satan hindering him. The devil works at hindering you. If he sees a door, an opportunity, sometimes change... Depending on the change, open the door and to try and come in and attack something that's right in your life. All of a sudden, COVID comes and, and we have several weeks with that, although we don't really have that here, I'm not saying, but I know of pastors who I'm talking with who are literally having trouble getting people to come back to church right now. Stay faithful with what you know is right. Don't let the current change affect your walk with God. Stay consistent. Don't change it. Continue to do what is right. Stay faithful with your devotion. Stay faithful in God's Word. Stay faithful with your prayer life. Stay, stay faithful with the separation. Even if everybody else is changing, stay faithful. Again, watch out. The devil will try and come in and distract you or diminish your walk. Stay faithful with what you know is right to do. So you lean on God's faithfulness, which doesn't change, on His compassions. You stay faithful with what you know is right. Thirdly, during those times of change, trust in God. He knows. Look over now. Let's go to the book of Job. Job is incredible. Job was a man who went through... Not just change. I mean, life-altering, crushing change that came into his life. As we know, he lost his children. He lost his status. He lost his wealth. All within minutes of each other. 
how did this guy make it? Job 13, 15 is how he made it. That's a verse you should mark. If you mark in your Bible, that's a verse to mark. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. That end is what I just said. Don't, don't, don't change what you know is right. Job said, I'm not changing that. I'm going to maintain what I know is right. And though he slay me, though I don't understand what's going on, I'm going to trust him. It's amazing how quick, especially if the change has a, measure of, has a measure of distress or trouble or even devastation with it, how quick we are, we are to turn on God. Forgetting we live in a sin-cursed earth. The promises of His one day of a perfect environment is yet to come. That's not now. The sooner you realize, okay, change is here. It's happened. You accept and you begin to grow through it. And along those lines, to be able to take that step is where you trust in God, knowing Almighty God knows right where you're at. Again, you think of it like I've already said. If, if you see your child going through some distress and a change, you're going to have compassion in the heart for them, aren't you? Of course you are. Think of how much more God has that for you. Change is going to take place. <clears throat> you trust in God. Job here saying, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Don't ever forget God knows right where you're at. I remember reminding myself of that over and over and over in New Guinea. He knows right where I'm at. <laughs> he knows I'm here. Number four, just two more and I'll be done. Isaiah 26.3. This verse became important to me in the middle of one of these great changes in my life. Isaiah 26.3 That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. This is when I had just arrived at remote assignment in Korea. It was the very first memory verse I had. Uh, the, the, the mission work there with Bill Stewart had a Friday night Bible memorization service. So this is the very first verse I memorized. In a packet was Isaiah 26.3. And boy, was that a help to me. I had no peace. I was miserable. I did not want to be here for a year without my family. And I, I, I just couldn't believe that I was sitting here. And then I memorized this verse. That will keep him in perfect peace. I certainly didn't have that. That's because the last half of the verse wasn't true. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because what I just preached, he trusteth in thee. My mind was not on him. That will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. You have to keep your mind on God and not on the circumstances. You do. I've said that over and over and over. Again, what made the difference with David when he fought Goliath and the army of Israel when they were facing Goliath? The army said, we can't beat him. He's way too big. There's not one of us. Because the, the deal was, you send out your best, we'll send out your best. They agreed. They sent out Goliath. We're in trouble. 
We cannot defeat Goliath. Nobody here can defeat him. Now, one person stepped forward. David does. The teenager who's not even in the army. Because David believed this. Goliath would have to defeat God. Because David's mind was stayed on God, not on the circumstances. During times of change, you should every day 24-7 regardless. But during times of change, keep your mind stayed on him. Keep your mind stayed on him. And lastly here this evening, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. Well, I won't go to Proverbs, but I'll just read the one verse here. Time's running out. From 9 to 12 deals with the principle. I'll just read verse 12. We could read all of it. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The Bible talks about the wisdom in in, in Proverbs of, of seeking counsel. During some of those times of change, Get with somebody you can talk with. Myself as your pastor. A friend. Seek counsel. Seek encouragement. And seek it from a good source. What I mean by that is something that's going to give you a biblical perspective. That's where the answer lies. Look for that. Seek that counsel. That will strengthen you. It will help you. So, so. Uh, talk with me as the pastor. Talk with a, a, a godly friend that you have. Sometimes, sometimes it just helps to talk. So keep your mind on God, not on circumstances. Trust in Him. Stay faithful with what you know is right. And remember God's faithfulness. 